so good to be back in here. Very cathartic to be back in the uh, studio with the boys. Welcome in. Let's get our heads right on a Tuesday, February 20th. Ben and Woods, 97.3, the fan. I actually feel like uh, feel like I'm a little bit out of practice. I was, I was a little nervous driving in this morning, but uh, we will get through it. That I promise you. I think everybody's feeling much better. Well, not everybody. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. My name is Woodsy. I had the, uh, the rockin' pneumonia. And my partner Ben here had the boogie woogie flu, and uh, it, it it was not our best seventy two ish hours uh, last week. Now, Paulie, our beloved executive, what in the world was that? Our beloved executive producer uh, in the most in the most obvious timeline ever. It's just perfect. Was feeling great and was like, oh. Yesterday, I actually feel like crap. I'm like, oh no, we're never going to get out of this cycle. But we are here. I just don't know how how I could have possibly gotten sick. I own it. So weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, these places are repulsive and just disgusting. The the radio studio. You, you you listen to radio shows and you hear this sound. That's somebody playing with their mic and moving their mic around. And then oh. Four of us share a keyboard, and you know people scratch their ass, and then they play with the mouse, and it's just. I started wiping down every day in here. I don't know really what to do beyond that, but uh, I also have two little kids at home. They're disgusting at all times. Um, so I, I'm doing the best I can here. I think the question is, which of us did Paulie get whatever he's got from? Was it from you, hmm. your walking pneumonia? Or was it me who tested positive for the influenza A virus? So I had the actual flu. Now, I had a fever. I had like, no fever. No really fever. high fever, and, and it took a couple of days for it to break. And you didn't have a fever, though. Mm-hmm. You had, like, the really but I don't have gnarly that chest that stuff. Yeah. Right? So, but you don't have the fever. So we're trying to determine <laughs> what Polly may be coming down with. Well, we had a guy in the dugout on the Tier 1 team. He's sick. So he, he texted our group chat last night letting everybody know he started feeling like death after the game. So Do you feel guilty when you feel like you got someone else sick a little bit? Not like, really. It's because hard. I, I mean, it's nothing you can I don't, necessarily do about it. I don't it. do the blame game of like, oh, you came in and you weren't, you know, because like if we were going to trace it back, Craig Elston took a day off because he was sick. Then Ello had a day off because he was sick. Then I started feeling like death. Then you started feeling like death. I mean, I'm not blaming a soul, man. This is the way There's that so it, many people sick right now. Everyone's sick. Talk to our buddy Jack in in L.A. The my my postman Jack, and he goes, dude. He goes, I, I woke up and he goes, I had the flu and I, I haven't been able to get out of bed trying to go deliver mail in the flu Ugh. with the flu. He said it was terrible. He, today, he called in uh, today. He said, I'm done. So 
everybody's just kind of feeling it right now. It's just that weird, that weird time of year, man. I would love to put myself in a bubble from like January to March. Um, because it is, it's just nasty. So we're here, we're back. I feel great. Um, they put me on, they put me on a full cycle of, um, antibiotics. I got steroids. He goes, Hey man, a lot of people, he goes, I, I don't know how you feel about like pills. I go, give me them. Anything that you want to give me <laughs> not, that's going not to a tier help one, me. Apparently, yeah, apparently not a tier one. Lay it on me. How does feel about pills? Is it going to make me feel better? It <laughs> will. Gonna, wait, I'll are we going to get disqualified from tier one baseball because you're on the roids? <laughs> yeah, I, got to, I had to take steroids. And then he gave me an inhaler, which I've never had before, which I kind of enjoyed walking around the house. Of, <laughs> but, man, it just, it was, it was awful. So I got um, Tamiflu, which is what they <laughs> give you to... Uh, speed up the process and get over the flu faster. I think it I think it worked because within the next couple of days I definitely started feeling better quicker than maybe I normally do when I when I get the flu, which it's been a while since I had it. So, hey, Modern Medicine, thank you very much for the assist over the weekend. Yeah, pretty great. Uh Squirrely in the chat ask him how my dad's wing is. My dad Gary had surgery, had Tommy John on his elbow and he's doing great, man. He's already off the pain pills. Um, and he is just trying to recuperate because you just forget how many things you do with your right hand. I said, oh, I know, Dad. I know. I broke my elbow in college. I had to learn to do everything with my left hand. He goes, he's like, you oh, can't. Bob, it's just kid stuff. <laughs> you can't even, he's like, you can't even put socks on. I'm like, I know. It's the literal word. You just tie your right hand behind your back for an hour and see how bad it is. He goes, it's, it's tough, but he's, uh, he's doing really well. Thank you for asking. So, uh, man, it has just been, it has just been um, a nightmare. Honestly, I hate missing work. I hate missing this show. Um, the only saving grace was that everything that was interesting about the Padres came down after we would have been off the air anyway, right? The Xander stuff was after ten. Thank God. Thank God it was after ten. If it was yeah. at eight thirty, I would have just, I would have been like, Adam, just patch me in. I guess I'll just lay in bed and do this because uh, it was really the only interesting thing uh, that happened. But um, man, it was. It's good to be back. When you left here, I was very concerned about you when you left here. When you slept on the couch, do you think it was the Alka Seltzer that that really got you? No, I think it was the flu. The flu that, that got, got you. Got okay. me, All right, actually. good. Good. I, I was nervous. Your mother was texting me. Please don't let him drive. I go. I, he says he's fine. Well, that's why I rested. That helped. <laughs> I, I couldn't have. I couldn't have gotten home an hour before. But thanks to the hour of sleeping on the couch. I was able to get home just fine and then went to urgent care later that day, and that's when I was uh, officially diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, I, I did as well. And uh, it was, it was, it was, a, you know, I feel better, feel a little bit more rested and um, able to get back in here and, yes, dive into some of that really interesting Padres news that broke uh, while we were out. Talk about Eric Katsenda, his first uh, speaking appearance. Um, there's so much to talk about in the world of baseball right now. Anthony Rendon obviously uh, ruffled some feathers yesterday. I've got an interesting, I had an interesting conversation about it yesterday, and I think I could see a little bit of both sides. But um, I want to get into that certainly. Uh, a lot of old white owners are just opening their mouths and sticking their foot directly in them right before. The first game of the season. Like baseball, hey, hope springs eternal. Not for us poor owners, it doesn't. And it's just driving me insane. Um, the game of baseball right, sell, uh, right now with Scott Boris's clients sitting out there rotting, just hitting off the tee in their backyard, throwing bullpens, coaching travel ball in Blake Snell's case. Something is broken or breaking in the game of baseball. I want to talk about that today, too. I'm starting to wonder 
Is it possible at least one or two of these Boris clients aren't on a team by opening day? It's I, I think it's <laughs> massively reasonable to to accept that at this point. I mean, it seems like both sides are digging in and getting more <laughs> and more stubborn. Boris not going to lower the asking price. Teams not really even willing to engage at anywhere Imagine near the, the levels. Cy Young and not having a team on opening day. Not having a job on <laughs> opening day. Is God. there not a team that's going to be desperate enough that they're just going to cave and crack and pay that price that they're looking for? And maybe for one or two of the guys, but will all four of them get what they're asking for in the next you know four weeks before? I mean, the Padres and Dodgers play their first game. Four weeks from today. 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 February 20th, one month from today. Wow. March 20th. We're one month out. They will be going toe-to-toe in Korea. And you've got four of the premier free agents who don't not only haven't signed, but it's not like they all sound like, hey, they're on the verge. We're close with a bunch of teams. There's no smoke on some of these discussions either. It is wild. It has been absolutely wild. Uh, so we're back in here. The chat is already firing this morning. Thank you guys for being here. I wanted to thank as well, uh, I wanted to thank everybody that has uh, that came out to support the Tier 1 baseball team. That was a, a, an idea that is incredible uh, and, and been so much fun to put together. Um, so we started a baseball team. Our, a couple of our, our listeners said, dude, start a team, run it. And get a team of listeners. I said, that's actually a really fun idea. And don't tell my wife. It's a great way to get me back on the baseball field under the guise of, well, it's content, babe. It's work, right? Finger quotes. So I put it together, got the jerseys, did all the stuff, forgot how difficult it is to actually find, recruit, collect fees, get jerseys ordered, get sizes, get numbers. Then you get to the field, and it's game one, and you're like, Okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. We got to collect these fees. We got to make sure the field's ready. And we went out. We had our first game against the uh, the SoCal Dirtbags, and they're good guys. I've played against those guys for many years. They play really hard, and uh, and we won. We ended up winning sixteen to nine. I should definitely give a shout out to Baseball Nick. Uh, hit a two run homer in the first inning. The sound on that one was, was really nice. absolutely yeah. incredible. <laughs> Um, Jason Bendorf came in and threw six strong innings for us. Uh, it was a, it was oh, and then um, Javi. Javi hit a grand, grand slam, slam, which was incredible. A legit, legit grand, grand slam. slam. I was on base. I took one AB. Polly took one AB. Slam Diego. Slam Diego is back. And uh, oh, yeah! yeah, buddy, it was incredible, man. It was so much fun. And I saw what you did afterwards. Um, you tweeted out that you're going to uh, donate. $100 for every Tier 1 win this season to the Seidler Legacy Fund yep. that the Padres started after the passing of Peter Seidler. I had not thought about that at all. I had not even thought about a charitable aspect of this team. I'll be honest. It was completely self-serving. <laughs> I just want to play baseball with my friends again and be out there and give me a purpose on a Sunday um, of something that I love to do. And I got home, and I was putting in the stats, and I was looking at the uniforms we got. And so we got white unis, say Tier 1 across it, and we put the Peter Seidler heart. And I said, that's it. That's it. And it popped in my head, and I said, I'm going to do this. Now, what I didn't know is what you told me this yeah, morning, which so, makes me even happier. So you're, that $100 donation is now $500 because the Padres, the players, the Seidler family, they're all there's four matches that go with that $100. So four more $100 donations. It's incredible. For a total of $500 toward that Seidler 
legacy fund uh, as part of the new initiative that the Padres are doing. <laughs> it just made so much sense, and, and I wanted to play for something more this year, uh, and I want our team to play for something more than just, hey, we won a game and got to play some grab ass and whatever, run around on a Sunday. And that does feel like you're playing for a little bit more. So, uh, And the cool thing is, the other reason is when I tweeted it out, like Baseball Nick's dad, our buddy Baseball Nick, his father said, let me know when you win so I can also donate. So you get that thing going, you get some good vibes going, and uh, and, and raise some money. So made me very happy, man. I was I got uh, a touch emotional driving out there to the game and then driving home from the game. Um, I love that the game of baseball. I know it's just adult league. I know we're fat. I know we're unathletic. I just love it, and I love being out there, and I love competing and being with my friends, and we have such a good team of dudes, unselfish guys. Like, It just was really special, um, and so I'm very happy to be doing this again. It just means the world to me, and thank you guys that came out and watched. Thank you guys that played. Uh, thank you guys for supporting it and letting us talk about it, all of that. I just was, I was blown away, man. I got home, and I was on cloud nine, you know, feeling like, this was great. I will say, I just have one beef against my bench coach, Paul Rindel, here. Um, I put the lineup out, and I would have liked to have seen it in calligraphy. It was not done in calligraphy. So I think if we could get that going, I think that's an important part of the process, right? Yeah. The calligraphy lineup every week. So yeah. I need you to learn how to do calligraphy <laughs> and do little funny, you know, paint little funny pictures and stuff on it. I'm going to need that hanging in the dust. The guys need it. They need it. I'm just going to draw little faces on the baseball. Faces on the baseball. Whatever. Do whatever you want to do. But, uh, no, Paulie was great, and, and the guys were awesome. And, yeah, want to know. So felt felt really good. All right. Why don't we uh, take our first time out here so we can get going. We have so much to uh, get to that we, uh, that we did not get to discuss on Friday or the second half of Thursday's show. We'll set out the menu, get to some Padres topics early in the program today, get some of that audio as well that we missed from over the weekend. All coming up, it is really good to be back. Uh, thank you for bearing with us over the last couple of days. Hopefully everybody had a good President's Day weekend. Ready to go on a Tuesday morning. Let's check traffic. I know there's some rain, especially up in the North County right now, so be careful out there. Kelly will tell us how it's going, and we'll be right back with more Bennett Woods coming up on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Going to jump quickly into uh, what we missed over the uh, holiday weekend when it comes to Padres news. And there was actually some Padres news, of course, over the weekend. I think highlighted by the the Xander Bogart's position change announcement. Something that Mike Schilt didn't... I mean, it, it's not been the biggest secret in the Padres organization, Woods, that, that they've talked to at least about Xander Bogart's moving off of shortstop. Maybe even sooner rather than later, but Mike Schilt, when we've talked to him the, the couple of times, didn't he didn't tip his hand like this was coming right away. Like there was no lead up, sneak, you know, breadcrumbs being dropped. But I guess they knew once once they put him out there and everyone saw the first spring training practice and said, "Isn't that isn't that Hassan Kim at short and Xander Bogarts at second base?" They weren't going to be able to hide it any longer. So he had to come out and say something that first morning of spring training. But that was. That, to me, was uh, was pretty groundbreaking news for your San Diego Padres. I'd say it's pretty substantial yeah. and, and was, a bit, uh, was a bit taken aback when I saw the news. Now, do you want my, you want my thoughts on this now, or are we going to wait till 7 o'clock? Uh, you can give me a couple thoughts on it now. I mean, not? look, at the end of the day, I saw all sorts of mixed reviews, and I saw mostly positive, right? And I don't want to come in and, and be, you know, Nancy negative and be like, well, I mean, if if you construct your roster the right way, you don't have to make 
changes like this all the time. It's a bit of a cluster, if we're really being honest. It is a bit of a cluster. I'm very pleased that Xander is a true professional and said, you know what? (laughs) All right. You paid me like a shortstop. And they did. They paid him like a shortstop, which is great. You'd rather get paid like a shortstop and have to move to second than get paid like a second baseman and have to move to shortstop any day of the week. So... I loved that. I tip my hat to him. I think it's unselfish. I think he handled it really, really well. But you could also see it was a little bit perturbing. You could see it. Like, if you watched his 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 interview, he's like, uh-huh, yeah, I mean, you know, I signed to be a shortstop. And so I want to, we can break all that stuff down. But, again, you're you're now having to move things around because of the way that the roster was constructed. It is what it is. You can't, you can't change it at this point. Um, it was a weird signing when it happened. And now you're paying him for his bat. He's going to be a very highly paid second baseman. Great, go out and hit thirty bombs and 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 you know do it with the bat. And I think he's going to be fine uh, settling in at second base, Benny. But if it was really about making the infield stronger, then why isn't Jake Cronenworth playing second base? Because he's an actual second baseman. So why wouldn't you just have Manny, Kim, Crony, and first baseman? I, I what think, do you do with Xander? I, think I, I don't know. I like, think that's fair. But I mean, at, at the same time, what I liked, and, and we'll get into some more of the details and the possible fallout, what does it mean for, for Ha-Sung Kim in the future, what does it mean for Jackson Merrill, there's a lot of right. different branches of this tree to discuss. But ultimately, if you're trying to put the best version of the Padres on the field in 2024, yes. and I think the Padres owe that... Not just to the fans, but they owe it to, <laughs> to each other, the team, e- the yeah. team. Yeah, they owe, they owe it to everybody who is pulling on that rope this season to put the best possible version of themselves on the field. Yeah, it has to include Hassan Kim at shortstop. It absolutely has to. Now, the other thing is, and Mike Schilt, we're going to play the audio later. You guys have all heard it, but we'll replay it again. You know, Mike Schilt saying, "Look, you know, there were reasons for that. There were reasons, and you guys are free to speculate." Yeah. Uh, honestly, with a guy going into one more year left on his deal, which Hassan Kim is, is, this is not, I'm not being mean or anything like that. He's got one more year on his deal. Don't you want his value to be the highest it can possibly be in case you are going to flip him or trade him? Now, if you're going to resign him, it makes it a little bit worse. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, 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 I don't think that... I don't think that putting him at shortstop changes his value. It absolutely changes I think changes every his team value. already knows he's a fantastic shortstop. They don't require more visual proof of it. Every time he's been out at shortstop, he's played gold glove caliber shortstop. I don't think this really makes a huge difference in terms of Hassan Kim's value going it, forward. Uh, it absolutely does. A shortstop is more valuable than is a second baseman. But he base. already is a shortstop. But he was a second baseman last it, year. But they could have acquired him <laughs> as a shortstop at any moment and put any team that wanted him as a shortstop could have acquired 100%. him at any moment and put well, him there. So anyway... That was the 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 lot. There are two reasons for it. One, hey man, Xander, you did not have the world's best year at short last year. We have an elite shortstop. He's going to take the position. Okay, no problem. I understand that. The other part is if we're going to move him in the off season. I'm talking about Benny. I'm not talking about this year. In the off season, Hassan Kim needs to be. You know, it needs people need to know that Hassan Kim is going to be playing short for us this year. This feels like a baseball decision. To me, though, which is why I like it. Last year, why was Xander Bogarts playing short? Was it a baseball decision or was it a business decision? It was a business decision. They promised Xander he could play short for at least the first season. 
That was part of the part of the deal. incentive to get him to sign. Do you think and it was? You, do you think it was pitched to him that hey, at least for the first year? Yeah, absolutely, it was. That was part of the pitch to his agent. We will sign you, and you will get to play shortstop for at least the first season. It was a hundred percent promised to him that way. And if you if you renege on that, why why, why just one year? That was what they said. They said, okay. we will guarantee you at least the first year you can play shortstop. After that, we will reevaluate. You know this or you're speculating? No, it's been reported. That was reported as part of the deal. I mean, was it in writing? I don't know. He said he signed as a shortstop. But he signed as a shortstop. He didn't say he signed as a shortstop for one year. No, he was told the first year that he could play shortstop. After that, they would reevaluate it. And if you want to be a, an okay. organization of your word, I mean, could they have... Then Absolutely. tried to needle him switch. into moving yes. him the whole time. Yes. Would that have made Xander Bogarts feel very good about signing with the Padres? Would that have been a good look for A.J. Preller? No. So they, the Padres stuck by their word, and they had Xander out there. Was that the best version that the Padres could have been last year? No. No. That also would have had Ha-Sung Kim at shortstop last year if you were trying to put the best version of the team on the field. And, well, we see what happened last year when you don't put the best version of yourself necessarily out on the field. Could it have made a difference? I mean, maybe. I mean, look. I mean, you, it, you finished two games out of a playoff right. spot. I'm not saying that Hassan Kim at short would have given you two more wins over the course of the season or not, but I know he's a more valuable defensive player at a more valuable defensive position. Make baseball decisions whenever you can. This to me, is a baseball decision. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I do think the best version of the San Diego Padres, you know, as it currently stands right now, is with Jake Cronenworth at second base, not Xander Bogarts. Jake, Jake Cronenworth knows how to play yeah, second base. Best version of the Padres has Xander Bogarts in the lineup, not over Jake Cronenworth, at least. Both in the lineup, but Jake Cronenworth, DH. You know, you don't want to pay a guy $280 million to be a 31-year-old DH either. You know what I'm saying, though. Like, like you're now... Now you have, again, essentially two guys on the right side out of position when all you really have to do is flip-flop them. One is a gold-glove second baseman. He should be playing. No, he didn't win the gold-glove, did he? No. All-star second baseman. He should be playing second base. But you're assuming Xander can just slide over and play first. I'm not assuming anything. He's already said he didn't want to do that. Right. I know he doesn't want to play baseman. first. He's not a first baseman. Let, not, let's, also not a second baseman. Let's, talk about, second let's base. talk about this more. We've got other stuff to get to as well. Um, <laughs> Aztecs have a huge game tonight at Utah State. This is really one of their last chances to get a major road win in the conference. The one thing that they are lacking this year, they are up to number 19 in the country again, ranked again. Ooh, uh, that's always been bad news for the Aztecs this season. But we'll talk about San Diego State basketball. We're a little behind, of course, in our Tier 1 tour because of uh, missing the end of last week. So we'll play a little catch-up. We're still in the AL East. We're going to try to get to two teams today in the second half of our show, Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. We can uh, check them out. And we got some guests coming up uh, at 7.35 this morning. A.J. Casavell is going to join us from Padres Spring Training to get uh, us caught up on some of the news and notes from over the weekend. Padres.com's A.J. Casavell. And, of course, Sammy Spring Training will check in a little bit later in the show today at 9 o'clock. Sammy uh, will catch us right after Mike Schultz. Perfect. So if there's morning. anything new that happens this morning, Sammy will make us aware of it immediately at 9 o'clock this morning. I get back to our regular features as well. Take on Woods. We've got Don't Do This coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. So busy show today. We've got a ticket giveaway, the San Diego Mojo. The new volleyball team has their first game on Friday. We'll give away some tickets to Viejas Arena coming up in the second half of Ben and Woods. So very 
very busy Tuesday. We're going to get started, though, when we come back and hear a little bit from new Padres control person, the man of mystery, finally speaks over the weekend, Eric Katsenda. What did he have to say about the direction of the organization, the finances, the budget, the control of the team, the future of the San Diego Padres? Get to all of that coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Um, there is something to make this group aware of. Sanders uh, is, is coupling with us and partnering with the group and the team. He's going to make. Um, the, he's going to go to second base, um, and Kimmy's going to going to play shortstop. Um, so, when you use the word, I don't use this word a lot. Um, my admiration for Xander Bogars went through the roof in this in this transition. Um, you know, he's going to go. He's going to get his work in. You know, it's it's. I can't say it's like etched in stone 100%. We're going to let him do it. We're going to see what it looks like. Uh, we're going to evaluate it. But it's not something that, I mean, he's all in right now to go over, give it its full due. Um, but my admiration for him to be a good teammate, to recognize that, you know, we have an, an elite defender in, in Kimmy who won a gold glove, to go back and, and play shortstop is um, – I just admire and think it's very impressive, and it speaks a lot for his team first. You know, I'm, I care about our group, big picture. It um, it says a lot about him, so it's it's impressive. I couldn't agree more, and and don't get it twisted. I am not down on Xander Bogarts, not even in the slightest. I love Xander Bogarts, and um, again, I, I can I can love Xander Bogarts and think that it was a superfluous signing last year, which I think no one can disagree with that. You didn't really need a shortstop last year. You wanted to make a splash in the market. You did it. Now he's here. He's a good hitter. Uh, he's got the potential to be a, an even better hitter than he was last year. I love Xander. I think he's a leader. I think he's a great teammate. I think he's a, a charismatic dude. I love that he's a San Diego Padre. I absolutely do. But the the but in that is if it's a baseball decision, Ben, and you really want your best, you know, your best your best guys out there. Now you've got two guys on the right side, left side set. The one of the best in baseball. Couldn't be more ex- over there on the left side. Do, is there any concern now about Okay, will the offense suffer? We saw Jake when Jake moved off second, moved to first. His offense suffered. Will Will Xander see some of the same things? I don't know. I don't know. But I know he's never played second base before. So again, this is not a Xander Bogarts problem. This is a San Diego Padres roster construction issue. And now you've got Jackson Merrill, who now you're converting into an outfielder. You've got other shortstops coming up through the pipelines. You have a lot of shortstops. Is what I'm saying. And. These are the cards that you have dealt yourself, and now you have to figure out where they're best played. And that's all I'm saying. I think uh, some good managing there from Mike Schilt. You could tell he wants Xander to feel good about this decision. Thus, the effusive praise, the admiration. 100%. The oldest trick in the book, man. He, He wants, he's doing not just the X's and O's managing, but he's doing a little personality managing right there. He wants Xander to feel good about this decision. Because I think there's some genuine optimism from the Padres that Xander can be not just an adequate second baseman, a but, really good but one. be a really yeah. good second baseman for several years to come. And, you know, with Jake, don't don't even know what his future is. If he doesn't bounce back this year, there I don't know that there's a spot for Jake Cronenworth on the Padres going forward. 100%. So I can see why you don't necessarily want to commit, all right, we're making Jake our second baseman for the next seven years. 
Don't know. If he doesn't hit, but he's wait. not anything for the next seven years. But wait, you don't just because you signed Jake Cronenworth to that deal, you don't have obviously you don't have to commit to him at a certain position because they just signed Xander Bogarts for eleven years and moved him off after one year. So you don't have to commit to anything. It does it's not etched in stone. No, but I think you have to kind of commit to Xander something at this point. Whether it's going to be shortstop, no. Second base, yes. First base, yeah. Clearly, he did not want to move to first base. That was very, very evident and obvious. And maybe there's a bit of a compromise in this, but I think the Padres feel good about his chances at second base, giving him that opportunity. Don't let me rain on your parade. I'm excited about it, too, and I think it's a good move, and I'm excited to see how it works. I don't want to be the, you know, come in here and pee in everybody's Cheerios this morning. The other part that we haven't really gotten into yet, though, is does this move tell you, as a fan of the team, that the Padres aren't going to trade Hassan Kim? So I saw, so there was was more... And if they're not going to extend him, are we just going to do this dance again? There next was a year? lot of what does exactly. this really mean right. out in, in Padres fandom about the the move of Xander Bogarts to second base. And I saw like if they're this, shopping him, that was a weird move to announce. This on this Friday means morning. they're going to trade Ha Sung Kim because they want to build up his value, and he's going to be sent at the deadline. This means they're going to extend Ha Sung Kim, and they want him to be the shortstop for the future. There there may be some truth to that. I I mean. Anyone who doesn't think they want to extend Ha Sung Kim is not paying attention. They would love to keep Ha Sung Kim around. And the he, question is whether they can afford correct. to keep Ha Sung Kim around. But there's no one in the Padres organization from the very top, A.J. Preller, teammates, everybody loves Ha Sung Kim. No question. And Ha Sung Kim loves it yeah. here. And he even said, I was reading some some quotes from him over the weekend that said, yeah, like I'm going to talk to my agent about that, and we're going to have those conversations. He said, I do wonder. He goes, I, the love that I get here in San Diego is through the roof. I do wonder if I would get that same kind of love somewhere else. And, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't love the guy. I love him here. That left side, again, generational. I love it. Those, It's going to be the slickest thing you've ever seen. Those two dudes are tight and thick as thieves. It's going to be incredible. But I saw this is a uh, this is a precursor to Jackson Merrill moving to shortstop next year I mean, after Hassan Kim is gone. Is, is Fernando Tatis Jr. moving back to short <laughs> off the table? They, what's what happens when you have nine shortstops? Now, don't forget that there's a certain radio show in town, uh, Three Portly Fellows, that told you last year, this is a great idea. Get as many athletic players as you can in the infield, and no one will ever get one through. If you can play short, you can play anywhere. We said it. We said it. We beat it like a uh, like a dead horse. And now look at the problems that we're having. I just, this can't go on every year. Is what I'm saying. Like so, next year, a year from today at spring training, is it? Uh, uh, my, uh, Skip, how you doing? What's the 97.3 the fan? So is it going to be Jackson Merrill? I know uh, um, um, he's he looks good. Uh, is it going to be Xander Bogarts? He going to go back to short? Is Jake Cronenworth going to play some short this year? Is uh, Leo DeBreeze? I know he's knocking on the door here in a couple of years. You, you also you acquired are, Dansby Swanson over the offseason. So <laughs> like, where does he go now? You view discussion. You view this as a problem just because we don't have an answer for it right now. Was was the fact that the Padres had shortstops the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year? I don't think so. I, I don't think Hassan Kim certainly wasn't the problem last year. Xander Bogarts didn't have the year we were hoping, but I think he that had was one m- of the best years on the team. I think though. that was more, you know, his wrist his wrist issues. Had, even, had he been healthy, he would have had a, a really good season. I'm not even really talking about last year. I'm talking about next year and this year. And I'm talking about if you don't extend Hassan Kim, what happens? Who's your shortstop? Is Xander going back now? 
Is that a, is that a healthy way to run an organization? You deal with that when the that arises. Okay. But right now, based on who you have, the best person you can put at shortstop is Ha Sung Kim. And I see your argument. You said based on who you have right now, the best infield alignment probably would be Jake Cronenworth. A guy that has played second base. At second, and then move Xander Bogarts over to first. But I, mean, we also, I wish Xander could play left, and you could just go get a first baseman and call it a day. And then you have a, a, a $280 million left fielder that's a good player and a hitter and everything else. But, but, but That's the thing. is This whole story, when it broke on Friday morning, I go... I wasn't aware that this was even a concern. Uh, you're right. I was more concerned about, well, we need pitchers. Uh, we don't have a DH. Again, like... We have Jerickson Profar and, and Sugar in the outfield. You can love Xander Bogarts and still not really understand why there was a need to bring him in and still be happy that he's here. And so I don't feel bad for him. Like I said, he got paid like a shortstop. He's going to play second. Mookie's done it. Bryce Harper's moved off his position. It happens, and it's really cool for the good of the team. I love it, man. I love selfless baseball players. There, there aren't many out there, um, and I think it's a good move, and I'm excited to see how it works. But is this the cycle now for the San Diego Padres is uh, un- uncertainty, uh, lack of cohesion, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I- I'm just throwing it out there in that you know it is a, it's a weird, weird thing. Um, to to look at and have to do this, but let's every wait year. until it becomes a problem before we call it a problem. I can't I can't tell you that it's been a problem yet. You can point and Correct. say, yeah, Jake's numbers offensively are better at second base than they are at first base. There's no real reason why that would happen. Well, you know I'm you know I'm on Team Cronenworth always. I love Crony, so I, I'm if he's my first baseman this year, let's ride. It could be the exact opposite. I mean, Jake could have great numbers offensively at first base this year, and then on the days where they need him to play second base, he could be, he be terrible. One fifteen. Yeah, it's you, baseball. You, it's baseball. You don't really you can't make a decision just based on the fact. Well, he hit so much better at short, at second base last year. It's nothing to do with hitting is where you're standing in the field, has nothing to do with what you produce at the plate. So make your decisions based on logical baseball reasoning. And that's why I like this. Right now, it makes logical baseball sense for me to have Hassan Kim at shortstop. You know Xander Bogarts is going to be around for many years. You stick him at second base where you think he can be very successful. Give him that opportunity. If it doesn't work out, yeah, you may have to adjust at some point. But for right now, I like the decision. And then if Jake doesn't work out at first base, which is still a possibility, unfortunately, it's a lot easier to find a first baseman than a second baseman, even though... So you say. We, and it's really easy Our to find first a baseman actually corner is the second outfielder baseman. and a DH yeah. as well. Our first baseman's the second baseman, so I don't know how easy it is at this point. All right, let's check traffic. I want to get to some of the uh, the Eric Kutsenda comments from Saturday morning at Padres Spring Training. The first uh, we have heard from the new Padres control person, interim control person speaking with the media. Get to that after Kelly's traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, so when we got the news that Eric Kutsenda was going to be speaking on Saturday morning at Peoria Sports Complex, Shouldn't have been that surprising because that's the same day that Peter Seidler always used to stand and kind of do his start of the season scrum with the media uh, every single year. It's part of the Padres tradition, the way they do things. And while Eric Kutsenda had been notoriously behind the curtains and uh, reluctant to speak up to this point, uh, it follows with tradition that he would make some comments. So, you know, did, did the thing, got up, and of course, the first... 
The first few questions were all about the payroll, as you'd expect. When, hey, there's been major changes in the offseason. You go from a payroll that's well over the luxury tax to now about $20 million under it. You're going you're gonna to get those questions if you're the uh, the control person of the team. People wanted to know. All right, so why is uh, why is payroll like $100 million lower than it was at this time last year? Yeah, I think we went into the year with the view of, of assembling talent and, and balance for the team. Um, payroll's an output of that, and I think as AJ's described, you know, we're not necessarily done. It's been a kind of an odd free agent market uh, evolution this year, and so we're... Um, you know, we're marching toward building the, the talent pool that we think can win this year. How much flexibility is there for what the rest of the offseason might bring? There's flexibility. I mean, we don't get into specific payroll numbers, as you guys know, but, um, you know, we're working every day on, on, on different enhancements to the roster as well as, as some trades and free agent stuff. So the, the you know, the roster is still in progress, and I think AJ's described that as well. Are you looking to reset the luxury tax this year? Again, the, that'll be an output of, of the mission of kind of bringing a talented group together. Um, so we'll see. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect, and I did. I was, you know, championing him coming on at some point since the the passing of Peter. I know this is a situation in, in um, Major League Baseball that doesn't happen all the time, right? It's not something. That, that happens when a beloved owner passes away, and there's uh, a bit of a um, there's a bit of um, it, there's got to be a transition between things, and we own this part and this part, but you're going to be the point man, and you can tell that he's a thoughtful guy. You can tell that he spent a lot of time with Peter Seidler. You can tell, uh, but what what you can't tell from that interview is how passionate is Eric Katsenda about the San Diego Padres winning a World Series. That's the one thing. Now, with Peter, you knew it. Even with Ron, you knew it. That's They wanted that. Now, you don't know that with Eric, and that's not fair to foist that upon him and say, well, you need to – you got to immediately be beating your chest for San Diego and its, its people, right? That's an unfair uh, thing to put on him. Don't you agree? It, it is. I think listening to Eric Katsenda for the first time shouldn't be that surprising – well, you know, it's uh, it's tax season. It sounds like you're going and talking to your accountant Correct. about, you know, your your taxes and your bottom line. And by the way, kind of a compliment. You know what Eric Katsenda is? He's a certified public accountant. That's his training. That's what that's what he does. That's how he started. That's part of his role with the business, with Seidler Equity Partners and now with the San Diego Padres. So, the fact that he sounds like a CPA means he's doing what his job is. Now, as a Padres fan, you would love to have an owner we like, had, we had, like Peter yeah. Seidler, who's a little more dynamic and, and positive and aspirational and thinking big about dreams and World Series. It's not really who Eric Kutsenda was designed to be. And, He's, and nor is it, nor is it, um, nor do, he doesn't have to be that person. I'd rather him be him than come out and BS us. Right, I'd rather I just agree. be I yourself yeah. and come out and and say, you know, we're going to do this. Like, do what you. I think fans fans are not dumb, man. Fans want to. If you tell me this is the way it is, I can. I have to. I accept it, but and, and move on. You know, reading between the lines, no one wants to say yes. We're resetting the luxury Correct. tax. 
yes, you know, we're slashing payroll from last season. You don't have to say it. It's it's completely obvious right. what you're doing. And yes, maybe you don't want to tip your hand completely. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still another, you know, move or two, sure. as, as he as he alluded to before the start of the season. There's some flexibility. There are still some names out there, but I would be shocked if it was a giant move. If all of a sudden Cody Bellinger right. shows up at the Peoria Sports Complex on a nine-year deal tomorrow, that clearly doesn't seem to be within the current plans of the San Diego Padres. Correct. They want to reset. They don't want to be paying. Money for nothing? I mean, who who among us likes to pay big money for nothing at just, all? Just me. Pretty much the only one in here that will spend money And for when And when you're over the luxury tax, as the Padres were last year, they spent $37 million on nothing at all, on a luxury tax penalty for a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Yep. That's, that's going to sit in anyone's crawl. No doubt. I mean, it's bad enough to pay for the things you have to pay for. But to then pay and on top of that for nothing at all, is not going to sit well with any business. No so, question. So I do understand the desire to, to reset that that penalty level and get below the luxury tax. I did think it was important that he spoke, and now that he's spoken, I'm good. I, I, I kind of know I'm not going to be beating the table saying, we need to hear from Kitsenda. Like, he spoke. That's all I asked of, of that organization was put him out there, let people see him, let people get a sense for who he is and what he's about. And I think we know that now. And I, and I think... Um, you know, again, there's rumors of transitions being done down the road to the back to the Seidler, Seidler family with somebody there in charge. We'll see how the, all that plays out. It has been, and I do think fans need to give, you know, a small pause because it has been a difficult transition for them. I'll give them a pass for that. All right, so uh, a few comments from the new control person for the San Diego Padres, part of a, a big weekend of activity in Peoria. We'll talk more about it coming up. Also have Take on Woods ahead, a chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. We'll play our first game of the week on a Tuesday morning next here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.